Welcome to the Special Generalist Podcast. Today's guest is an established Minneapolis entrepreneur and CEO of Applied Knowledge Academy. Applied Knowledge is a business that helps many entrepreneurs reach six to seven figure marks and teaches them general skills such as sales and closing. He has an interesting story to his successes and I'm happy to hear and welcome today's guest, Detrice Bolsomo. Is that how you pronounce your name? Yeah, absolutely. You have Detrice Malsumo. Okay, awesome. Like uh, you, you pull Mall and then you pull Sumo together, and you got my name. That's and you're from West Western Africa, Liberia, correct? Yep, yep, yep. I was I was born in West Africa. I actually came here when I was six years old, which is crazy because the day that I came was actually on Halloween. So I actually came on Halloween. I thought that was really interesting because as a kid, you don't really know too much yet. So when I got off the plane, I'm looking at people in the mask and different things. I'm looking around like, am I, am I actually in America? Is this actually Minnesota? <laughs> what holidays are they celebrating? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, what's going on? Because <laughs> I never experienced Halloween before and I wasn't too educated on it either. So, yep. you know, coming here was a culture shock for me. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. Yeah, so I, I'm super, super interested in kind of the cradle to, to now, your story of how you got here, your process through college, and then you moved to California, and you, were, you had a, a, an exploration of to your successes now. And yeah. can you just, one, allow the audience to understand, you know, where you came, understand where you're at now, and it walks me through that, because I think it's such an interesting story. Absolutely. Yeah, so it all started when I was about six years old, um, coming from Africa. Uh, and when I came here, I, came, I got in a culture shock. So I wasn't accustomed to a lot of different things. And as a young kid, when you're not accustomed to a lot of things, you don't feel like you're a part of the culture. You get outcasted a little bit. And this was you know, pre-social media, pre-Facebook, um, pre-all these different things. The world was still a little bit smaller. And so what had happened was... I lacked the ability to communicate with a lot of my friends, a lot of my peers, and just a lot of people. So I used to get made fun of African booty scratcher and a whole bunch of different names. And, and I couldn't speak proper English super well, right? Proper English. So because of that, I was throwing in like ESL classes, which is called English as a Secondary Language. And I'm so thankful and grateful for those classes because through those classes, I learned how to you know, pronunciate, I learned how to communicate. I learned about the customs and, and the culture, so um, I'm super, you know, happy. Shout out to people that do those things, and but I had to, at a young age I acknowledged the gap between where I am and between where the culture and where most kids are at because people were making fun of me. They didn't let me uh, forget the gap that I was facing. You know, I couldn't really speak English too well, and I wasn't really familiar with my surroundings, so it was really hard growing up. I was bullied a lot. I was even bullied from family members, from cousins that were born here. Cousin that was born here were still making fun of me because I couldn't speak and things like that. So it was really hard. I got really frustrated a lot. But growing up, I always I acknowledged the gap and I and I wanted to close that gap. I wanted to get you know closer to people. So what I started doing was not only did I take ESL classes, but I also got into sports and athletics. Sports and athletics is what really brought me close to people because I had a natural gift, that natural ability. I was naturally athletic. My peers started seeing that and they're like, oh, we make fun of this kid, but he's super athletic. We should invite him to one of our sports stuff. I started realizing that when you find commonalities between people, they'll like you and they'll start trusting you and they'll bring you around. So I took sports and I excelled at it because I'm like, wow, this is the thing that people like me for. This is the thing that people first um, got attracted to me. So I said, you know, I'm gonna go hard at it. And I became really good at sports. So growing up, I played football, basketball, track, wrestling. So I did four different varsity sports growing up just because sports was like my background. It's something that made me feel more whole and made me feel more connected to people. 
So I went really hard. I was really good. You know, I was a three, four-star athlete coming out of high school for football. I played letter in four different sports. And uh, when I graduated high school, I went on to go play football at uh, Southwest Minnesota State. So I graduated there on a full ride scholarship, and everything was, you know, pretty, going pretty good. I'm like, got a full ride scholarship. I'm going over here. I took some acting classes too, as well. So I started getting into acting, just to, you know, just work on my personality and work on my communication. And I did really well at that. Football went really well, but then it, I didn't do well in school. So school went. School got even harder for me now. I couldn't focus as much as I could in high school. So my grades like tremendously dropped. And they dropped so bad that I couldn't play football the next semester, which really hurt me. And I didn't really want to stay in the small town anyway because I didn't feel like I was a small town person. So I said, you know what? I, I can't qualify for school and all these things are happening in my life right now. I was going through a lot of depression because I couldn't play football and my grades were bad. And I ended up you know, not being able to play football. So I dropped, I dropped out of school. And when I dropped out of uh, college my second semester, nobody knew. Like I kept this thing a complete secret because I was afraid of judgment. I was afraid of my parents. I was afraid of um, a lot of different things. So I actually ended up staying on campus and staying in my car for a little bit or staying, you know, at friends or at girls' places or whatever it may be just to try to cover it up. And every weekend I'll drive home and act like everything's okay. So I did that for a whole semester, kept up that lie. And, and it hurt me inside. It really, you know, killed my, my pride. And then what I decided to do was like, well, I'm not just going to end here. I've got to figure something out. So I reached out to some coaches in California and I reached out to some different places, some places reached out to me. And I ended up saying, you know what? I'm going to go play Juco. I'm going to go play junior college football somewhere else. I'll go on a bigger place. So I ended up flying and going to California. But before I went to California, I didn't have no money. My mom gave me 500 bucks, and she didn't have much either. Uh, nobody was in California. Yeah, <laughs> nobody was educated about California. So she gave me $500 and uh, on my way to leave. And I also had a friend, a college friend from my, my current college where I dropped out at who was from California. And this is the summertime when I'm traveling over there. So he was going to be there all summer until, you know, school starts. And he told me that. And so I got my 500 bucks, got on the plane, and boom, I got to California. When I got to California, bad news hit me. Adversity hit me. One, 500 bucks is not a lot because I already spent 40 on the way to get some food. So I had about $460 left. But then right when I get off the plane, so I have cellular, uh, cellular service, I call my friend. Like, hey, I'm in California. Send me your address so I can Uber over there. He's like, I forgot to tell you, I'm not in California. I had to go, I had to stay, I had to stay in Minnesota for, for the summer. And I'm like, that's not something you forget to tell somebody. So now I'm in shock. Um, I'm an 18, 19 year old kid and it, it's, I hate a version. I was like, okay, I can go back, turn around, pay for another ticket. That'll be all my money right there. Go back and shit, that's it right there for me. Or I can just figure this shit out. And at that young time, I'm always, I've always been a stubborn person to put myself in situations. And I said, you know what? Okay, I went online, said cheapest, I, I looked at cheapest places to live. So I typed in my phone, cheapest places to stay. And I kept scrolling, I went all the way to the bottom to the cheapest place I could find. And I came across something called a hostel. At that time, we don't have hostels here in Minnesota. So I'm not like, I'm not familiar on what a hostel is. Until I'm like, all right, cool, it's cheap though. <laughs> 35 bucks a night, wow, that's amazing. So I ended up, you know, booking that place and I take an Uber there, boom, I got $400 left. <laughs> I get there and I pay 35 bucks, boom, I got three something left. And then when I got there, you know, I was, it was weird to me. I'm like, okay, I'm thinking like a hotel, right? Hostel, hotel, 19, never heard of it, I'm probably the same thing. 
I get in my place and I'm seeing like bunk beds, a bunch of six different sets of bunk beds. I'm like, what's going on here? I'm like, oh, I'll figure it out in the morning. Cause I got there like 3 a.m. So I'm like, I'll figure it out in the morning. I take my luggage, I didn't have nowhere to put my luggage, so I put it underneath my bunk bed. I had the bottom bunk bed, which I put underneath there. And there's a bunch of other people sleeping in there. And I'm freaked out. I'm scared. I'm 19, no friends, no family. No friends or family in the whole state. So I'm freaked out. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'll figure it out in the morning. Get Next morning, I wake up, and I'm hearing like birds chirping and the beach. And I'm like, whoa, I'm nowhere I'm on the beach. I look out the window, and I'm like literally right on the beach. Like I, I look out, and I'm on the beach sand. So I'm like, wow, this hospital is right on the beach. That's awesome. But I see all these other people going around. So I'm probably scared, freaked out. They didn't know what to do. So I faced some adversity out there in, in California. And I remember nights went by and with three, 375 bucks when I started, that went by super fast. Four or five days, I'm at 35 bucks left. And I'm like, man, one night really hit me because I only had about 35 bucks left. And I'm like, I can either stay at this hostel tonight or I can get some food. And I'm like crying and going through it emotionally and my parents don't have no money and I'm so embarrassed to even talk to anybody like my pride my pride was really hard it was really high when I was young so I was super prideful on top of that so I said I'm just gonna stay another now I'm not gonna eat and I was really hurt and I ended up going and um, staying at that hostel but I didn't eat so I remember like it really hurting me like super bad and and then the next day I went all around to try to find a job. I literally went to every single business in the whole um, place trying to find a place to, to, to work. But the problem was I'm underage and I don't have an address. Nobody's gonna hire me. So I'm facing so much adversity on top of that. And then I came across this taco shop, which was ne right next to my hostel. I was walking by one day. I never wanted to work at a taco shop. So I just kept walking by and walking by. But one day, you know, I, t I ended up talking to the, the, the manager that was there. Something happened and he called me over and I started talking to him and started talking to him. And next thing he's like, man, I'm looking for anybody looking for a job. And I'm like, me. And then we just started talking. It was such a coincidence that day. It was so amazing that I built such great rapport with this person. We started laughing and talking. And at the end of it, I ended up getting a job on the same spot. And I told him my situation. And, you know, he ended up saying, like, yeah, I'll hire you. I don't care. So he ended up, you know, doing his thing and he ended up hiring me. And he knew I stayed right next to the hostel. So he didn't really, he thought I stayed next to the hostel because that was my last day. So at that point, I had nowhere to stay. So I ended up sleeping in, sleeping on the beach one night. I was crying. I slept on some benches just trying to figure it out and I was sleeping on benches in the beach with all my luggage so I was going like people walking by me looking at me like I'm crazy I'm looking at myself like I'm crazy I'm crying I'm 19 18 years old I'm going through it and then my job starts like two three days later because I was like I, I, I want to start right away I'm, I can do tomorrow I was so anxious for the job started I started sleeping on the attic of the of the job because it had like this place in the attic so I'll sleep in the attic sometimes he the boss didn't know nobody really knew because I worked literally, because their workers weren't, didn't really want it that bad, but I wanted it. So I would work from 8 a.m. to like the taco shop thing close to 2 a.m. on the beach. So I'm working all day. My life is work because I need the money. So I'm making, I'm starting to make money, but the money doesn't come for two weeks. So I'm staying on the attic, um, doing different things. Maybe I'll see a girl or something, stay at a girl's place, <laughs> trying to, but nobody knows I'm home. So I'm, I'm faking it until I make it. And I get my first paycheck. 
And in the process of me getting my first paycheck, I started communicating with different people. And I'm still wanting to play football, so I'm communicating with different people. And I end up finding somebody for a roommate. And I was like, yeah, I, I got money. My money's coming, though. I got money. Let's room together. So I ended up facing that adversity, and I ended up finding someone to stay with for school. But when school started... You, let's just say, do you think that moment in time made her, the adversity made her, you know, make or break? It really showed essentially your drive in, in any circumstance at that point in time like you would say i'm working regardless and i'll do anything do you think at that point in time it was like your essence essentially like it was your nature and the adversity just created a circumstance to prove yourself that you could do it you know what i mean Absolutely. And I think for anybody that wants massive success in their life, they're going to go through some type of challenge. It doesn't have to be like mine, but some type of challenge. And that challenge, it didn't make or break me. It made and it broke me. Meaning that like I had to, to get to your breaking, to get to uh, your breakthrough, you got to get to your breaking point. So I got to that breaking point. I even questioned my faith sometimes. So I was going through it. Like I really was broken inside. But through me being broken, I had I re I reshaped myself. I reshaped everything about myself and I started making myself more. And so when school started, I couldn't really go to school because I had a I was working 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. So I had a decision to make. I either because California, I'm paying 3,500 bucks for two bedroom, less than a thousand square foot. So I'm like, man, I gotta find a way to be able to live with my roommates. Otherwise, I can't live here, and I gotta go back on the streets, which I don't want to do. So I chose between school and working again, and I chose work. So my grades didn't go well. Football didn't go too well. I couldn't play. So I stayed out there again for another semester where it didn't go well, and I said, you know what? I, I ended up flying back to Minnesota. I flew back to Minnesota at the end of semester, and you know I was heartbroken again because it's like I didn't. I really we just went out there to just be homeless and come back because I didn't go to school, couldn't play football because my grades. Yeah, but it was probably school. it was probably one of the greatest lessons you could, you learned. Yeah, you know, I, I, went <laughs> I went out there yeah, for asphalt. Yeah, yeah, you know it, that is the the point in time in which you know was so uh, circumstantially great for you. In hindsight, it's so easy to now look at it as a you know, positive light. It's like trials and tribulations, and the, you know that you know those times in which you're down in, in the chaos and trying to figure your shit out. Those are also yep. the best learning times. You know, it's no different than when you start a business and you have to put you have to put the, the plane together on the way down. Being able to, to handle the, that chaos and that make and break. I like that quote. Do you think this is such a, a great narration of, of a story of, for example, of someone who came over, wasn't born here, and you, you always hear the proverbial American dream, that whole, that whole, I don't even know if it's rhetoric or whatever. Now, I think you have, the, you, you said that you were an outlier, but now it seems as though you've assimilated into some of the American culture or whatever, whatever you want to call it, proverbially. I think what's cool is, is, is now it's your superpower. Because at one point you were an outlier, but you know, superheroes are outliers. And yeah. I, I think it's really cool that you've had the opportunity to utilize some of these stories in these you know, wicked times but that's what also your superpower is, you know what I mean? It's, you're not average. That, that is the essence of being an outlier and having that drive, going through those trials and tribulations, and then also the story of living out what everyone either says is impossible or is says that the American dream is like a proverb narration, but I, I think it's cool that 
you are essentially the living example of that, but also talking about the realities of, of what people go through. It's not... It, does that kind of make sense? I, I think it's really cool. Absolutely. It definitely does. Because the fact that I couldn't communicate with people, I couldn't, I was made fun of, I took that personally. I, I acknowledged a gap between me and, 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 and other people when it came to communication skills and just fitting in. So when I acknowledged that, my whole life gravitated to closing that gap and going, and I closed that gap so much that I went further than the gap. And now I'm coaching and, and consulting others on communication, helping other people who were born here on sales and on communications, helping them get better. And even uh, my first job that I got in California, I had to communicate that, I had to really be able to get someone you know who's a stranger to like me and trust me even though I had the worst situation to give me a job how to communicate that when I got back to Minnesota and I, I ended up getting my first sales job which is working at LA Fitness selling gym memberships so I gravitated to another communication status again so now I'm actually learning how to sell and how to close and how to really communicate now at, at my job and at that job, it was like a piece of cake to me because I'm like, man, I was living, I was a homeless kid. I lived at a hostel. Man, selling gym memberships, gym memberships is nothing. So when I came back, I became the top sales, the top salesperson, yeah. the whole state of Minnesota, selling gym memberships, crushing it, um, killing it. And, and then I, it, and I wanted more. I really wanted more in my life. And before I even got to that point on my job, I already I went to college again to play football. That didn't work out because my grades never transferred from California. I tried playing uh, semi-pro. That didn't work out. I got injured. So I came back to Minnesota twice. So I went to my, I, I came back from Minnesota, got a job, went to school, didn't work out, came back, went to Michigan to go play semi-pros. That didn't work out. Came back to my same job. Because the first time I left my job, I told them, hey, I'm going to leave my job to go chase my dreams. And they laughed at me, right? They mocked me and, you know, like, you're going to leave your job to go chase your dreams, so what about us? So I came back to the job after chasing my dreams, and it didn't go well, and I could see the faces and all that. I was humiliated, humiliated, and, uh, but I hit my pride. And when I came back, and I just took the job, I said, whatever, man, it is what it is. I killed it at the job again, and then another opportunity came my way which is called high ticket closing so what i was gonna say, i was gonna say one thing too i think what one of the themes that i kind of often talk about is <clears throat> i just made a post yesterday if your only tool is a hammer you often look at every problem like a nail and what that essentially means is it seems as though is that you found a niche in which you were successful at right and you have you've always had this essence of drive so you try to continue your continuation into the sports realm probably extended past. So your dreams, you had lofty dreams and goals, and you knew that you were good at something. As soon as you then stepped outside of that that category that you had, that I assume you had a vision on, on where you wanted, what you wanted to do with sports, football, etc. And as soon as you start to see oh, wow, I have some general skills in sales. What's my ceiling here? It seems like you took a lateral move there. And for the essence of your pride, oftentimes we all have to do that, where it's to learn a, a skill laterally or learn something that you may not know, you have to swallow the pride and say, you know what, I'm a fool, let's try it, whatever. And I think it's cool to see, I wanted to highlight that pivotal moment again for you because what you did is you took a lateral move. And I, I guess I, I, I might be projecting on your, your dreams with football and sports, but it seems as though is, is that you took the same essence Absolutely. of drive and, and transferred it over into another domain. Absolutely. And I tell people all the time, sometimes you have to sacrifice what you're good at for what you can be great at. Exactly. So when I, That's exactly. when I got in football, 
I had sacrificed that and said, you know what, I'm going to figure this thing out. And I didn't know what it was going to be. I didn't know where I was going to be at, but I just knew that no matter what, I'm, I'm going to get success. I always want to become successful, even if it's not football. But I had no idea. So I fell through depression after playing uh, football and I got back into my job. I didn't really want to be at, but I was like, man, I'm at this job. I might as well make the best out of it. And see go as far as I can see. When I get there, I can see further. That was my motto. And then I, one day, one of my friends came in who was a business owner. He's like, yo, you're really good at, you're really good at this job. How much to pay you? It's like $1,500, $2,000 a month. And uh, he laughed at me. I'm like, what's this dude laughing at, <laughs> right? What's this dude laughing at, man? I'm good at my job. And he's like, how much you get commission? I'm like, I get about $30, $40 a commission. Then he giggled again. He's like, yo, I have this opportunity for you. It's a sales opportunity. You get to sell and close. One of my friends has a business where he sells his online courses and services. He'll pay you $500 per commission. I'm like, what? $500 per sale? I'm getting 30 here. He's like, yeah, you can make a lot of money. You can make $10,000 a month if you want to, or even more. That's another pivotal moment for most people with in circumstances to money, right? Because you think your earnings can be linear, but it's actually exponential. So if you're making a certain amount at this point in time and you see someone making 10x of what you're making it necessarily isn't always 10x the effort it's just it's exponential because once you're good at something you can do it 10 times the amount for the same amount etc so i think it's another yeah. cool pivotal moment so i'm sure you were like holy i can make that much more money doing kind of the same thing i'm doing now what's the limitations yeah. on that you know yeah and i was like he was telling me it could be even easier than what you're doing right now i'm like what do you mean He's, they give you all the leads and you know, everything's warm and hot and I was thinking like, I've been going door to door and going to cup food, trying to give people free guest passes and trying to convince people to go to the gym. So you're just going to give me warm, hot leads and I don't have to do that. He's like, yeah, you'll be an entrepreneur. And that really sparked my interest. So he's like, yeah, give me a call when you get off of work. Got to give him a call when I got off of work. Everything sounded good. And I went back into the next day and I was like, I quit. So I did another crazy thing again. All right. I said, I just quit my job. And at this time, I'm living, I'm with my girlfriend now. So I have a girlfriend, she has a daughter. And I'm living in my girlfriend's parents' basement. So the reason why I quit was because my pride kept hitting me that the fact that I'm, I'm 22 years old at this time, living in my girlfriend's parents' basement, and my pride is hurt, hitting me. And I'm like, man, I want more out of life. And so when someone gives me more out of life, I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to hesitate on it. I say, yeah, I'm all in. I went, I literally all in, I went in and I quit my job. And when I quit my job the second time, I told them I'm going to chase my dreams again. And they ended up laughing at me again. And I remember them saying, oh, you're gonna come, you're gonna be back here pretty soon. And if you come back, we may not be able to give you another opportunity. And I was like, you know what, whatever. I can go get another job again somewhere probably. I can go work at Lifetime. I have a good resume or something like that. But I was, it was just crazy to me how people looked at me and how people judged me uh, for trying to chase my dreams uh, a couple times. And people are gonna do that to people in life. Like you always have to believe in yourself. And that's one thing I did. I would never make a, a drastic move like that if I didn't believe in myself to the highest level. And because of what happened in California, I threw myself into the wolves and I came back. So I was like, if I quit my job here, I've been home, what's the worst that can happen? Like it, it, nothing bad can happen as bad as sleeping on the beach in California. Like nothing right, is gonna so happen. Right, so your risk assessment grew because you lived it, you know what I mean? So you're able to assess risk at a different level than most people, you can't read that in a book. You know where your security is, essentially what the worst case scenario is, and then also the highest return. It's like, really, what's the opportunity cost when the, market, the ceiling's high, yeah. not breaking through the ceiling, while the low risk to, to reward is, is, is relatively low. So it's like, why not? But other people don't see it that way. And yeah, look at you like you're crazy.
Yeah, other people, like I tell them, you know, go through adversity. It's, it's go through some stuff. You know, when I have kids, I'm going to have them go through some things because at least I have something to look back at and compare to. If you've always had a good and you've never taken any risk, you have nothing to look back on. So now all your decisions are going to be based off your current situation as your worst situation. So my current situation wasn't my worst situation. I've been way worse before. So it's like buying stocks or getting into crypto or trading, right? You buy low, you sell high. I've bought really low. So when I'm high, I can still keep buying my dips. It doesn't really matter. So some people have never bought low. They've always bought high in their life. So now they're when they drop a little bit, they get scared. So I don't get scared no more because I've been so low in my life. So when I quit my job, when I started high ticket closing, I literally went from making 16 to 24K a year to that first year I quit my job in February. That same year I did $232,000. Then I hit the time plus Yeah, so time plus consistency equals results. So everything I faced in my whole life led up to that moment where I quit my job and did $232,000 that year. Everything changed right. in my life. And you're not, you're, and going back to that original point of trying to tie this all thread together, you were okay with being an outlier. You know what I mean? People looked at you like you were crazy from the get, right? And now you're making risks, and you're, it's really not that risk to you, but people are judging you and looking at you, but you're like, I've lived this my entire life. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm an outlier now, but I'm a superhero outlier. That's the difference between people that are essentially willing to th go into the, the wolf's den versus yeah. stay in their categorical box. And I think that, that was what was what drew me so you know greatly to your story was the amount of moves that you've made developmentally and, and where you are now and how you guys you're, you're essentially applying that knowledge back to others in a practical and, and uh, you know great way could you i just used your business's name in in my explanation applied knowledge <laughs> So could you tell me what maybe fill in the gap between you, you took this job and then you've now created a job in which or a business that helps others with sales and closing? Yeah, absolutely. And once I found a lot of success myself, I realized that we all have the tools and the capabilities to become successful. We just have to apply it with everything that I went through in my life. When I got the opportunity, all I did was apply everything I already had and it got the success. I never knew success was easy it comes to you you know so when i created my business called applied knowledge it was to educate and help a lot of people and i have youth in my academy too as well from as young as 17 years old to as high as 46 years old in my academy over a thousand students and i'm coaching them on personal development i'm coaching them on communications and sales and closing and showing them how to find opportunities just like i did so everything that I've learned, I'm showing other people and, and letting them know you don't need to start a business for you to become successful, which is something I didn't never did. I, when I got my first success, it wasn't a business. Right now that I have a business, it's just helping other people. Prior to that, I never had a business when I got my first success. I just applied the skill sets I already had and I realized that a lot of people lack the ability to communicate. A lot of people who are maybe out, outliers don't know how to make friends. They don't know how to communicate with people. And I realized when I look back in my uh, in my days that it's a skill set. It's actually a skill to actually that I got that first job in California on the beach. It's a skill that I got a job. It's a skill that I did well at the job. It wasn't just luck. So I started re-engineering re my skill sets. And I said, you know what? I can teach people this stuff. I can teach them how to communicate, how to build rapport, right? how to make somebody like you and trust you. Because when I first came from Africa, I was an outlier. I didn't I had to make somebody, I had to make people like me and trust me. 
And there's going to be a bunch of other detritus out there coming in this country and coming in this world. And they need to learn how to be able to make people like them and trust them. There are parents who have kids that don't know how to communicate with their kids. They need to learn how to you know, influence their kids to stop hanging around bad friends and hanging around better friends. Right, teachers. They need to know how to communicate with their students. So I just took this skill set and I just started educating people on it and helped them with their personal development. Because a lot of people um, don't understand that they think it's just a skill or it's luck that gets you success. It's like, no, it's who you are. I have this method called be, do, and have. For you to have all the results that you want in life, you have to first become like me and you. We can't both do what LeBron James can do. We're not six nine and dunking it. We can't do that. So for we can't have the results he has. So for us to, to have the results we want, we first have to become that person, become a better version of ourselves, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, all of that. Once you become a better version of yourself, then you could do different things that you can't do right now in this physical form. And when you can do different things, you can have those results that you can have. So a lot of people don't have the success or the results they want because they just haven't became that person that they need to be yet for that results. So I started educating a lot of people on that and just mentoring them as far as I've been. I can't help somebody go further than me because I haven't experienced it yet, but I can help people at least get the success in the paradigm shift that I have. And that's my goal with Applied Knowledge is to give people opportunities. I think one of the coolest things that you are doing is something that no one else could, you can't, you know, for example, I can, I can go and read uh, negotiation, communication, sales, I, I can learn different tactics, ta you know, how to be tact, how to communicate. But one of the coolest things about your circumstance is it's even broader than just sales and closing. That's a little bit more transactional, where like the actual act of communicating between different cultures, different different areas of, of unknown. You're essentially taking your experiences and understanding that there's a gap between these areas of culture, communication, language, customs, all of that stuff. And being more um, adaptive to the circumstance allows you to find fit. And being able to find fit allows you to, to listen and communicate and gain trust because you're understanding the circumstances, which I think is, again, something that you can't really replicate without the experience of understanding. And you, and you have it on one of the broader scales of, of essentially two different areas. And oftentimes, even in my experience, maybe it's not actual cultural countries. Maybe it's uh, two different domains of expertise. Maybe it's technology, something that's way more technical, and sales, right? So. Now you have to find a, a place that overlaps between these two areas because there's a gap. And how do you close that and communicate those different domains to other people? Because oftentimes people that are very engineer-like and sales-like are engineer, very technical, and they can't communicate practically. They don't, they're not able to just give people the gist. And I think one of the cool things is, again, that communication uh, piece is, is probably one of the uh, underlying most important general skills that you can probably obtain in understanding who you're communicating, reading the rule, public speaking, all those different areas uh, are so, so huge. And I think it's really cool because you're helping individuals, but you can also apply it to the broader world in all of its applications. Absolutely. And, that, and I've always been the kid growing up where had multiple groups of people that I was around, right? I was around the jocks, you call them, I was around the nerds, I was around everybody, or right? I was able to communicate with everybody, the teachers, the staffing, they're all like me, they still know me, they still talked about me, I was very influential growing up, and part of that was always finding ways to communicate with people, so I stretched myself out. So just because I became friends with a certain group of people, I wasn't done communicating. I wanted to be liked by everybody, I wanted to be around everybody. I even took uh, acting in college, like I took theater in college, and I was around People. I'm a D1 football player, the star player on the football team, and I'm taking theater. 
right with other people so with that that really got me to to mix in with a lot of different people i took debate classes i took a lot of different things that most people didn't even do even in elementary i decided i want to do choir in elementary i played the saxophone I, so i just did a lot of things that brought me a lot around a lot of different people so i started realizing that everybody's all the same if you want to communicate with people find you know find commonalities find similarities and build off of that ask questions build rapport ask first level questions second level questions third level questions get to know somebody right even if, if somebody has kids and I don't have kids doesn't mean we're different I have nephews I have nieces so now we can talk about kids and now we can build that rapport and that similarity off of that people like people who are just like them or who they'll like to be like so right. we have brothers we have older brothers and older sisters we look up to Right. want to be like that we have friends that are athletes like lebron and all these different people he lebron wears certain socks and now all these kids are wearing socks because they want to be like him so if you know that people like people who are just like them or who they like to be like you know how to influence them because if i know you like lebron james i can talk about sports all day and you will like me because you're like i like lebron so when you find those commonalities and i start teaching people different skill sets and different strategies on how to be able to build rapport and how to communicate with people just not even just on the sales level or how to tactical how to make money but the life scale that's you know where i focus on because you can make no money in my academy at all you can make zero dollars in my academy and still benefit it uh benefit tremendously and i try to push instead of the money aspect i try to push more of the personal development aspect in my academy but outside of my academy i know that what gravitates the eyes is monetary things that's with marketing that's going to get you in but so that's why I do those things, but inside of my academy, I focus more on personal development and more helping people become better you know, individuals. Yeah, a lot of my passions for doing this podcast and this branding is a lot of people lack those communication skills or those, those general skills that can be applied in, in a variety of areas. So I'm, I'm interested in skill acquisition, but I'm also interested in general skills such as writing, speaking, public speaking, communicating. Um, sales, all these different skills that help you and communication is obviously at the bedrock of even more of a, a derived closing sales, just public speaking, etc. because you have to understand the person you're communicating with and understand and listen and, and try to understand essentially the niche that you're trying to hit with that individual because if you just bluntly say the same thing to everyone, some people aren't going to be interested. Some people, you don't find yeah. commonalities. You're, you're pushing things down their throat instead of listening. And at the end of the day, that's just communication. Every person you, you talk to should be interesting to you or try to find interesting things about everyone. And that's even this podcast. It, it, it gives me a healthy practice of, of going to different variety of people, trying to pull different themes and have fun about con you know, these conversations because it, it motivates me and it also stretches me into new, new ideas and understandings. And anytime Absolutely. that you can do that just practically, it's not work. You know what I mean? Like, if it's fun, it's interesting. You have people yeah. that you're, you're talking to that allow you to uh, stretch yourself. It's like this conversation here is expanding myself, and I, I assume likewise, and it's fun. I think we're lined there with, with kind of the same, the similar uh, philosophies there. Absolutely, and, and super important just that people learn how learn all these tactical things and learn how to communicate whether it's writing whether it's just whatever it is just really learning how to network with other people networking is another skill set that's super important too as well so it's, those skill sets are just super valuable and it helps you become a better individual that's overall that's what i want people to be because i i always strive to be a better version of myself and 
and I want people to want the same thing. And, and part of being a better version of yourself is learning how to treat other people. It's learning how to you know speak with other people and how to communicate with other people. And uh, I, I know how it feels like to be an outcast, <laughs> to get made fun of and have that separation in life. And there's a lot of people out there that, that face that. And those are the types of people I aim for. And I can't help everybody, but I try to help uh, as many people as I can throughout my journey. And vision is huge, right? We talk about EOS systems. People always have a uh, vision, right? People have vision that, that they have. Everybody has goals. Everybody has dreams, right? You have goals. I have dreams. We all have them in this world. But a lot of people will, will say, oh, nobody believes in my goals. Nobody believes in my dreams. Nobody sees my vision. It's not that they don't see it. You don't communicate it. So when people have... When people say people don't believe in their goals or their vision, it's because you don't know how to communicate it to people. You're not pitching people. We live in a seller be sold world. The reason why somebody believes in my vision is able to pay me for what I do is because I'm able to communicate it across. I'm able to market it across. I'm able to talk about it. The reason why John Doe here doesn't have nobody believing in them is because they just keep their goals and their dreams inside them. So I tell people, just because you can see over the mountain, how can you convince somebody else to? Yeah, I, I really do like EOS, Entrepreneur Operating System, because it gives entrepreneurs, or oftentimes a little bit more chaotic, a vehicle in which they can apply some of their ideas. Because, I mean, an entrepreneur, at the end of the day, is someone who can just spin up ideas faster than you probably apply them in most instances. I often have, like, like I, have, I just can't do everything I want to do. One of the cool things about EOS, of course, is that it allows you to build out that VTO, try to craft a vision, that is on the horizon and is communicated well to everyone in the company that it's well understood what we're trying to strive for. And I always think of a vision as, I can see that island in the distance. The, de the level of detail may not be there because we don't necessarily know what the future is going to be holding because you can't discount it too much. And then you, you, you set a trajectory and then you try to bring it back towards how are we going to accomplish getting to that. And I think communicating that to a, a a large is it, it seems simple but it's also a little sophisticated because you need people to buy in because you know tremendously so it's got to be a philosophy it's got to be a why not so much always a how which i think is extremely important when you're trying to get a bunch of people pointed in the same direction you know for success it's not do a b c d and get this result sometimes it's this is the philosophy this is why we're doing this. This is what we want to do. Like we're talking about this idea of communication. You, you always hear the cliche, hey, communicate better. But when you're talking about, you can actually apply this to every instance in your life and it will tremendously help conceptually. More people are more like, you know what? Like I need to go and get back in the lab and learn a little bit more about that stuff. I guess from an entrepreneur standpoint, what are some of the challenges and successes that you've seen. You seem like a visionary type, someone who again is, is looking at the horizon, trying to accomplish ideas and trying to uh, you know, execute them. Your entrepreneurial style, what are some of the successes you've had? How do you balance a bunch of different avenues? Because again, the special generalist is someone who's extremely well-rounded, takes subset risk with high return in a bunch of different areas and knows that the security, if that doesn't succeed, you have two or three other things that are also optimally working. And that's where I think the, the framework of a good entrepreneur is. I guess I'd like to hear your kind of perspective on what an entrepreneur is. So it's putting the right people around you. That's the one thing is, is you can, entrepreneurs have all these goals, we have all these dreams, we're very visionary people, but one man cannot carry all the ship or carry all the load. 
So it's really, it's one of my philosophies is having the right people around me, but not just having the right people around me, it's like, how can I get these people to really believe and see not just my vision, their vision and my vision kind of coincide. So I also try to take the other entrepreneurs and other people that I work with in my business and I try to get them to express their vision more. I always ask them, like, what's their vision? What's their goals? And, uh, and then I try to find a way to align my goals and their goals together. Or maybe I'm, I'm letting them know that by accomplishing my goals and my vision with this company, you'll also be able to hit yours. So I'm trying, my, my biggest philosophy is getting people around me that ultimately want to go in the same direction as me. Right. And so that way they're not just working for money, they're working for a result. So how is the biggest thing? I think it's an interesting, I'm going to tease that apart because I think it's interesting because like the selection of individuals for your team, for example, so you're trying to get everyone pointed in the same direction, but you're also trying to make sure that you don't have a group thing. So you're not having just a bunch of agreeing bodies. And I think it's important, like you said, what's your vision and how do we express a mutual vision of diverse, diversified thought. I know that oftentimes I go head to head with people because they really want, they find a position, they, they think that there's a certain skill set and uh, personality that fits that specific skill set. And I, and I think sometimes we get a little too focused on the narrow details of, hey, this is the person we need versus what can this person apply to my vision that I'm not seeing in a diversified way. And sometimes the people that end up in the positions that they are in may not be the um, proverbial person that's fit for that position, but they add a flavor that's brand new to the whole entire position that they've never even seen. And that is the essence of a special generalist is, okay, yeah, they fit a box, but what else do they do? What other types? So I guess I'm asking, how do you select the, the individuals that fit in your system? And, and do you find specialists for a certain circumstance, let's say this person's really good at marketing, so they're the marketing specialist. And how do you balance the general skill set? Like we want to make that person a better communicator, but they're also like the our rock star marketer, except you know, example. Yeah. So I like to put people like you said, you know, put them where they're best utilized based off experience. And I'm dealing with people, I kinda like to see what prior experience that they've had in their life. What are you good at? What other things have you experienced at? What's your pro what's, what's, what have you had success in prior to your life? Or what are you passionate about? Right? Those are a lot, of, a lot of the key things I like to ask because one time I had somebody that wanted to be a part of my sales team. I gave him an opportunity to be a part of my sales team, but he wasn't, he wasn't producing too well. And so I came to him and I started diagnosing him and I realized now I know why he's not producing so well. It's because this is not, it's not something that he's super experiencing, he's passionate in, or it's not something that he- Right he, person, he, right seat. Yeah, he's not the really right person. He wants to do it, but he's not made for it. So I started diagnosing, I realized he's really talented at a videographer. He's a videographer, he's passionate about it. He always has a camera around him. So what I decided to do was say, hey, let's take you from the sales side and I'll hire you as a videographer. So instead of you having to work for your commission, I'll pay you to you know, do what you love to do. So I ended up taking him from that spot and putting him as a videographer, and now he's thriving for my company as a videographer. Do you think loves that there's an opportunity for him to have learned the sales side enough to have made him a better videographer for your business? Absolutely, and which I, I continue to still teach him. I still taught him sales and closing because I, I being in my company, he realized that sales and closing isn't everything. So right. he's actually became a better salesperson now because he learned... His, yeah, he learns sales in his environment, his vehicle, rather than another vehicle in another environment. Right. Right? And I always tell people that 
no matter how strong you are, you'll never be stronger than your environment. Right. Meaning that you can be, you, you can go in a sauna right now and be scorching hot, and you can step outside in Minnesota. If you're outside long enough, you'll get cold. Initially, you'll still be warm from the sauna, but you'll, if you step outside long enough, you'll be cold. Vice versa, you can be freezing outside, you step in the sauna, you may still be cold initially, but if you stay in there long enough, you'll get hot. So no matter how strong you are, you'll never be stronger than your environment. So for that reason, people grow better in the right environment. So they always have to try to find the right place to grow in. And for me, leaving my job and being an entrepreneur was the right environment for me because I did well in my job, but it was a glass ceiling. No matter how many you know, sales I made, no matter how hard I worked, no matter how hard I did, that goal of me becoming successful was not gonna happen in my job. So when I left my job and I became a high ticket closer and I started closing deals for entrepreneurs and different businesses, then I was in an unlimited space. So my potential just skyrocketed the same year. So I was like, whoa, a different environment, same thing, better results. It's an interesting, in my mind, it tries to tease apart uh, this, the environment point. I think one, one thing that is interesting and maybe contention of that is, is oftentimes the environment trains you to be stronger for other environments as well. You know what I mean? So you lift weights and, and that is a, essentially moving the environment to strengthen you as a person. And then you move into uh, a sport and the strength that you've gained from that environment actually is heavier, heavily applied in that new domain. So there's a, there's a tinkering aspect, right? So you have to figure out and sample what you're good at, what you can do and understand, like for an example, you learned your drive potentially and your vision you know, creation from maybe sports. And then you found a new vehicle in which you applied that to, but you, you really manifested those skills in a completely different environment and you couldn't almost replicate that in any other environment so oftentimes I try to tell people it's not so much about getting narrowed and don't beat yourself up or get you know disheartened because you're in an environment that's not uh, fit for you find a new environment and take the skills that you've acquired in that old environment and apply it to something that has a like you said a limitless ceiling and I think that this instance of this videographer in your instance of moving into a new domain is, is very similar I have a really similar experience as well where I was an engineer project engineer and I moved into the tech space and I was able to apply a lot of what I learned in the other area and now I, I'm in an area that is basically brand new in, in, the, in the entire space so I, I think that and I, I want to be clear and concise but I don't want to also oversimplify the fact because it, it is yeah. because the development process is so messy you, you rarely hear of someone who's extremely successful choosing one thing early and staying with that and finding it their whole life so as you're moving you know laterally up left right in the company hierarchy or whatever direction you're going look at your cur- current circumstance understand the skill set that you're learning and try to maximize it if you aren't a salesperson just look at it and go in day and make maybe one of your goals is I want to be a better communicator even though I don't want to be in sales for very long what can I do in this circumstance that's going to make me better well-roundedly and then I can move. Yeah. And it's about taking enough, enough nuggets. I was I could like talk about like nuggets. Like, yep. You want enough nuggets until you got the whole thing, right? Because like you get a compound of skill sets until you can get the, the total value. So like you learn different things in different places that all ultimately adds up. I let my, a lot of my students know that. Like, people come to me, oh, I'm not a salesperson. I'm not this. I'm not that. In my head, I'm like, we're all salespeople. In my head, but I'm thinking like, I let them know that you don't have to be a salesperson, but you have a mouth. 
Right. You have expressions and you're a human being. So you have to learn how to communicate, regardless if you're a salesperson or not. You have to learn how to communicate. So take the skill sets and apply it in everything. And anything that you do in life is going to require you to do sales and communication. You could be in tech. You could be in, you could be in writing. You could be in uh, broadcasting. You could be in whatever it is. It all comes through communication. So right. I always tell people, when you learn those communication skills, you, you ultimately become a better individual. And everything that you do. So like you're on your point, you're just taking those little nuggets and uh, adding it up. And uh, it's crazy for me because I'm still going through my journey as I don't even know what my final destination is because I'm still going through, I'm still collecting my nuggets. I'm, I'm in sales right now, but who knows you know, what else I'm going to get into. You, you may never have a final destination. Yeah, I may never. I mean, that's, that's, part part of, that's part of being True. a visionary. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The problem is there's always something on the horizon or there's another mountain of opportunity and absolutely i see I, I i relate to this because i've almost accepted the fact that there's always ideas that i want to accomplish and things that i want to do that are on the horizon and i try to look at my current circumstance and try to be like, okay what am i doing right now and what nuggets you know can i obtain that are going to strengthen and compound and multiply over the course of time that make me a better communicator, interviewer. How do I relate to people that I've never met? We just met an hour ago, and I felt like we've uh, intersected on a lot of ideas and teased apart a lot of things that we've related over. And those are all things that I've been practicing. I, I did grow up as a very social person, but now being more direct and understanding how to apply a lot of these things, being concise, etc. I just really encourage people that are listening, of course, that in your current circumstance, there is all sorts of skills that you can obtain. And, and to be optimistic about, but like you had said, I learned how to communicate when I was in the street in California. And maybe some of my contention with traction is that it's really about right person seeing. Because as a business, you want to find the right people in the right seat for the highest production. But for the development of people, it also is important to give them a breadth of experience as well. So you're always trying to play that game. Absolutely. And I've gained so much knowledge through my experiences and, and now I'm doing so many different businesses and I'm super happy. I found you in one of my other businesses and that's another, it's crazy how sales and just communication led me to doing that thing too as well because I realized that the social aspect here in Minnesota needs to, the social uh, economics and social you know, uh, entrepreneurship here in, this, in, in Minneapolis is not that big, it's not that strong. Right when it comes to entrepreneurship, it's not like Miami or Florida or Houston or all these different Californians. Not that social here, so I wanted to make it a little bit more social, and so I decided I'm gonna create a blog, I'm gonna create an entrepreneurial niche down blog for entrepreneurs. And the fact that's doing so well in, in, in such a little time, it really shows me that it was needed. So I found another space, and I almost knew it would be needed because I'm an entrepreneur here in Minnesota. And I understand communication, I understand marketing and branding and different strategies. So I realized that there's a need for this. There's a need for something like this here in Minnesota. So I started that entrepreneurial you know, blog page and, and the amount of entrepreneurs that's reaching out to me right now that want to get featured or want to get posted. Other day, somebody reached out to me and gave me a sponsorship saying, hey, we'll detail your cars if you just post us. Or somebody invited me to go uh, say, hey, you can come get free food here if you just post us. So it's, it's nice to see these businesses have a platform that they've always wanted to communicate on and express right. themselves. Some people never thought about even expressing themselves social, unsocially or doing influencing marketing until I reached out to them and told them about it. So just creating a lot of different avenues for different people and bringing people together has ultimately been one of my skill sets. 
it's A and B want to be together, but there needs to be a middle person. And I've always loved to be the middleman, the middle person, because I, I haven't always been the, I, always, I haven't really been super technical before, and I haven't been like super consuming before, but I've always been able to bring the producers and the consumers together. That's something I've always been doing my whole life. So now, the fact that I'm a professional A to B <laughs> a bringer is amazing. And that's where my skill sets align is I love to bring people together. I love to network. I'm even look, now I'm looking forward to throwing events. So now it's all these skill sets that I've been learning through sales and closing my own business. Now it's leading me up to these other businesses that I can do. So, you know, times plus consistency equals results. So, I mean, on your point, it's that we never truly live out anything. We're always going to keep learning because we're visionaries. And I always tell people is that we're not growing. If you're not growing, you're always dying. Like if right. you're not growing, you're dying. Your right. final destination is death. That's what yeah. that's yeah, kind of what I was saying. It's definitely but, death. But you love it, right? That's the, the whole thing. Is that now you're at a point in which you now learn through your process and your your trials and tribulations again that you look at it optimistically as obstacles are, are now the opportunities in your life. You know what I mean? And it's same likewise for me as well. I'm just trying to appreciate the process and the fact that. I enjoy myself when I'm growing. I love when I have a little bit of a challenge. I love when I have opportunities to speak with individuals like yourself, for instance. It's just a, it's a well-rounding experience. And it just, I think sometimes we get so narrowed in on, on what we want to do and understanding like all these different things that you have all develop you into other areas as well. And I think one of the cool things, like you had said, is you took a general, you took an abstraction out of basically being a broker, giving people from A to B, and you're, what you're doing is you're tying islands together and find passion in assorting people and finding people and placing them in the positions for them to succeed, and seeing finding niches that overlap between you know areas or finding a fit for people um, between people or, or whatever, which. You can take that and generalize it, and, and try to figure out what are all the where are all the avenues. Like you said, networking events, you know, this entrepreneurship page. You have an academy. Just being a salesperson, finding A to B. So then you're able to now go, okay, this is where this is where my this is where my general application is. I can do a lot with this idea, and I think more and more people should be introspective to think like that. Okay, what is it that I do well? You know, generally across everything that I do. And and I, and I think that you can apply those those applications in different areas of your life and business and whatever. Maybe helping people, care, caring for them, make you a really great business, you know, a, an owner or a, a person that takes care of others, or if you're a nurse or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I really you know enjoyed this conversation, teasing apart your story, finding overlap yeah. between some of our ideas, and of course we have some similar influence of. Gino Whitman's uh, Attraction, which is a, yeah, it's an excellent book, especially for those who just, you know, maybe you're an entrepreneur, you don't have any, you know, or you never went to college, you never went to got your MBA or whatever, you just need to, you know, build a structure uh, for your business to succeed and get everyone pointing in the right, to structure it out so that you have people in the right places, the right seats with accountability um, and leadership. Absolutely, so, and, and big part of the systems part is that, you know, I tell our entrepreneurs that, Systems don't break, people break systems. Right. Right. So when you set the right system in your business or in your life, right, through routines and through um, habits, those are, are is ultimately what's going to make you. A lot of people, their systems break and it's because of them. They don't have a habit, they don't have a routine, they don't have things in life that set to place. They're kind of freelancing, they fall in or figuring it out as they go. But systems don't break. 
putting the right people and the right things in, in place so that way the business can, can uh, consistently flow. You know, while I'm right here right now, I don't have to be making sales calls. I don't have to be making phone calls. I have a sales team that does that. I don't have to be marketing, advertising. I have systems and operations in place to do that. I don't have to be, do, be doing managing. I have systems in place for managing. So it's like you get to free up your time and do so many other things when you have the right systems in place, which is super big business, super, super big business. Yeah, that's that's one of the best parts about the Delegate Elevate piece of, of EOS is trying to uh, let go of the vine of, of different tasks and assortments and build systems and processes to allow those individuals to take those things on in their narrow aspects and, you know, execute them and elevate them as well. Yeah, it's an interesting piece. What I do with work is I'm a business analyst. I oftentimes am integrating uh, different technology and processes and, and businesses and structures and all this different, you know, all this different stuff. So I'm extremely interested in how it all works, um, even from a technical aspect. But one of the things that's, you know, in- interesting is, is the, so the, there's the law of thermodynamics, right? So the second law of thermodynamics is that all systems are entropic. So there's a sense of entropy that happens between all systems. And there's a maintenance that's required by said person or whatever. And, and not to get overly technical, but basically what that means is that how do you build a system that is good for now and for 10 years down the line? So you have to be able to flex a little bit because you have to adapt to the circumstances of the environment around you. Let's say something were to get automated or something were to completely eliminate your business. How do you move? I always use a speedboat versus the Titanic, right? The Titanic is this big, strong structural system, but it has a really hard direction of repointing towards something new. It's not as agile per se. Where a speedboat has the ability to move quickly between different areas, right? So you're balancing this ability to move fast and quick and dynamically with building a system that is going to last timelessly. So you're, you're looking for an, an agile, timely, and a timeless. And that's my philosophy. I appreciate the conversation. And I look forward to uh, continuing our conversations. Absolutely, absolutely. We've got some meetups actually trying to get more social here in Minnesota. So I'm going to bring a lot of entrepreneurs that you could potentially bring on here too as well. I definitely keep you keep you in contact for sure. Yeah, no, I'm happy happy to get the opportunity. I think we covered a lot of different terrain. I think for the most part, even opened my idea opened my ideas up. I really appreciated it. So thank you for the time and uh, thank you for uh, coming on. Absolutely, I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much.